It's like people only do things because they get paid. And that's just really sad. Please, thank you, thank you. Hold your applause. We're uh, your applause. We uh, we don't deserve it all. Um, if you've heard the uh, if you heard the lovely voice and screech of Howard Dean, then you know what time it is. Uh, I am your co-host Griffin. I am your other co-host and Howard Dean fanatic, Alex. <laughs> and we are back with another episode of Reboot Deboot. Uh, Alex, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm pretty good. I got uh, been playing around with this new technology setup here, so little bumpy start but hopefully better better results overall i think so uh we want to appreciate we want to take a time out right now to thank you guys for listening the analytics told us that uh we have a growing base so to anyone out there listening we appreciate it and thank you for your business we hope you enjoy it and prepare um, to be weaponized in our online vendettas <laughs> just a heads up yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we're starting with mortal Kombat. um so Alex, seen any good movies lately outside of the one we're going to talk about tonight? Uh, no, I've seen a half of a movie I did not like so much. It was called Voyagers. It came out, I think, this year. It was like a bunch of teens in space. It was, I don't know. I did, Why I, only half? Uh, it was just not good. I did not enjoy it. And, you know, like, I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, but it takes a lot for me to stop watching a movie. Like normally, I get like Stockholm syndrome after about ten minutes, and I'll finish most things. <laughs> but this, I didn't make it through. Fair enough. Fair what, enough. What about you? You seen any good films lately? Uh, nothing that I haven't seen before. The other night, uh, Alicia and I watched Doctor Strange because she hadn't seen it. Oh yeah. So, I mean, that's a fun movie. I like Doctor Strange anyway. Benedict Cumberbatch is great. Mads Mikkelsen is great. Tilda Swinton, you know, she's always cool. So, yeah, Doctor Strange. Uh, we're looking forward to, of course, Halloween Kills, which is coming out in October. Oh, yeah. I just started hearing about that movie again. Um, I am very much looking I, we, forward to the horror movie season. Yeah, we're, I don't. Do you have any plans for Halloween? No, I do not. I don't have kids. Yeah, I, no I'm, kids come through the neighborhood. There's not really parties happening. Out I'm trying I don't to... know if I would go through one anyway because of... I guess at least everyone would be masked, mostly. If they're wearing Halloween masks, that would count, I suppose. I'm trying to find one of those extreme haunted houses where I have to sign a waiver. Oh, yeah, where they, like, waterboard you and shit. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, Alicia said that a couple of years ago there was one where you had to have a medical release. Before you went in, I don't think I could deal. So. With that. I could do that. I got like we've talked about it before. I get sweaty and anxious playing Dead Space, and I have to stop that. I think I would have a full blown <laughs> panic attack at one of these haunted houses. I've never known you to be a man of nerves, though. It's something about those video games, and I feel like if it was happening to me in real life, I would be even more intensely freaked out and like cold sweating and maybe have a heart attack. I'm not in amazing shape. <laughs> Did you ever play Outlast? No. Is that a survival? I kind of want to see you play out last. It is. Yeah, I like watching other people play those things, but not so much. <laughs> you yourself. Well, they're remaking Dead Space, so when they remaster Dead Space, that's coming out, and we'll have to play that. Yeah, we can get a solid 20 minutes of me playing, maybe if I'm being generous with myself. 
Ah, uh, that's good stuff. Well, hopefully you're not going to get scared by tonight's episode, because we're delving into the world of creepies, crawlies, things that go bump in the night, and an organization that deals with those things that go bump in the night, they bump back. Uh, Alex, we're talking about Hellboy. We are indeed. Get a load of the size of that whammer, Hellboy. <laughs> uh, so, Hellboy, what's your experience with it? What do you know about him? Uh, so I had seen the 2004 Hellboy back in the day. Thought it was fantastic. Really liked that movie. I had no experience with the comics. I know it's Mike Mignola, I think is the guy's name, that does them. Uh, and I can't remember if I would seen The Golden Army or not. I think I might have once and just don't remember it very well. What about you? Okay. Uh, I love Hellboy. Hellboy, Hellboy Golden Army... I even watched the cart the animated movies of Hellboy. Never read the comics, sadly, but I am a, I, I like Hellboy across the board. I think it's a cool story. I think it's visually cool. I think the movies are fun. I think that they're solid writing. I have no gripes with Hellboy. All right, I think so Ron Perlman was like cla- like such iconic. cool cla- like Yeah, he's awesome as Hellboy. And John Hurt too. Yeah, come uh, on. As, like John Hurt's just father. class. Yeah, and Guillermo del Toro directing, which is fantastic. He's such a good director. Yeah, I mean, Pan's Labyrinth, The Devil's Backbone, uh, Crimson Peak. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro, man. Pacific, Hellboy. So, Pacific Rim. Golden Army. Uh, uh I didn't, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so Golden Army. You don't remember Golden Army necessarily, or uh. I... It's been probably about 10 years since I've seen it, and I don't remember much of the plot. It's I with... feel like there was a lot of, like, I know there was a army made out of gold. I can't remember if they were, like, bugs or something. So it's that elf prince oh. who, like, commanded the golden army, and right, right, right. Abe was falling in love with the sister, I like not... the princess, basically. Yeah. I didn't... But they shared... I didn't rewatch that one for our little endeavor here, but I, I watched the first right. one in the reboot. Okay, so, yeah, so Hellboy came out classic or whatever. They never made a Hellboy 3, sadly, which they should have because it was supposed to be naturally part of the trilogy, right? Yeah, well, they decided they shut that down after the second one did so poorly, is what I was reading yeah, while I, I looking into this. I don't, I don't know why it did bad. I mean, I can understand, like, why, because compared to the first one, the second one seemed a little goofy, but I thought it was right on target, really. Who knows, man? You know, fickle audiences. It's like a fan favorite still. People who liked the first one a lot like the second one a lot, but I guess it just didn't get as much broad support. I mean, I can understand that. Like, to see something like Hellboy done the first time, it's unique, it's almost novelty, but then to realize that, oh, they're trying to make this like a franchise or they're trying to do this again, you've worn the novelty out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean the first like, I, one I, really I, punches above its weight class. Like I know there's a lot of there's a lot of great people involved, but it's such a charming movie. That was my biggest impression. Going yeah, back. I rewatched it after the remake, and it's just so such a fun movie. It is like it's yeah. I don't. I really. I don't want to say it's like a perfect movie because I reserve that for The Godfather and Taxi Driver and Apocalypse Now. But man, Hellboy is just good. 
so years go by, Hellboy sticks around, and you have the fan base who are reading the comics, and you've got people who are pining for the old two, and then out of the blue, bam! Ian McShane, Mili Jovovich, and David Harbour come into full view as the new Hellboy. Uh, 2019, R-rated. What were your first impressions about this whole thing? Overall, this one is kind of a mixed bag for me. I didn't... There was stuff I liked about it, but overall I didn't really enjoy the story that much. Or sort of... The movie as a whole was pretty lukewarm for me. Oh, really? Yeah, I had some issues with the length and the pacing and some of the... Seems like there was maybe a lot of stuff they could have... Well, at least in my opinion, they could have cut. And there was also stuff I really liked. Like, m- most of the actors were fantastic. Or some of the some of the actors in smaller parts, actually, I should say, were pretty fantastic. It was crazy seeing Thomas Hayden Church pop up as that Nazi yeah. killer. That made me laugh a lot. Yeah. And he just never shows up again. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a lot of... I felt like the movie kind of tried to do too much and we could talk about this but i think it like really got i think it really wrapped itself up around the axle of like trying to establish a universe it seemed like there was lots of points where they're just like okay we're gonna do like lore building here and lore building here and lore building here and none of it's super relevant to the movie we're watching but it'll be good later guys we swear when this movie doesn't get made because this one did not do well <laughs> right so uh well people had a gripe with it because they said it was too violent and too disturbing but for, uh, t- i loved it honestly i loved the reboot i thought it was fantastic first off yeah i thought the like the visuals were awesome i love those it was cool seeing all of like the it reminded me of the witcher you know like some of the creatures you see in there like, yeah how yeah. gross the witches are in that like the witches specifically in this and the witcher reminded me of each other very similar or i mean i mean we'll talk about it when we get there but like the giant scene yeah that was cool that but they that was like i feel like maybe that should have happened closer to the end and not 20 minutes into the movie and then it's still you got another 20 minutes until they get into the actual plot of the movie Uh, but there's like the giants and oh man like at the end with the thing that walks through that so that's all so i i love this hellboy i when i heard Okay, when you first heard they were going to remake Hellboy with David Harbour and it was going to be an R rating, what was your initial thought? Uh, I think I was initially like, oh, that sounds neat. I'll have to check that out. And then I forgot about it and did not see it when it came out. And then I watched it two days ago. Fair enough. Um, I mean, so there are still a lot of people who didn't see it because they don't want to be like, they don't want Hellboy ruined for them visually, or they don't want Hellboy to be scorned on the screen after the original two. Like they hold those movies in such high regard in the fandom that even trying to think of recasting Hellboy is sacrilege. So there's a huge percentage of Hellboy fans who just out the gate haven't seen the remake. Well, I can definitely sympathize with that. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say like don't do the remake at all. But I could definitely sympathize with that, especially after. So, like, I watched the remake reboot, and then I went back and watched the two thousand four one, and it was just such a for me at least like such a better movie watching experience. I like, 
uh, I like the the Hellboy in two thousand four Hellboy a lot more than David Harbour's. Um, it seems like David Harbour seems like he's How come? doing it. He's just he's like a more well rounded character in that one. He seems like an actual person. I know he's like a demon or whatever, but he seems like Ron Perlman seems like an actual person with human emotions, whereas like David Harbour's was kind of just like a dude who got beat up and then like would spit out one liners occasionally. But like Ron the character dynamics in the first one for me were a lot better. Like there's actual like character growth and development that happens, whereas like the 2019 one it kind of just seems like we're just following these people around as they run from place to place like they'll get to a new place someone will tell them like hey you have to go here now and then they go to that place and that's sort of the entire movie is just them sort of chasing there'll just be like these these things that pop up out of nowhere and they tell them where to go and then they go there and that seemed like so so you're saying that in terms of like of like i mean it's almost like watching a video like a movie of fetch quests maybe i don't i don't know there was a lot of stuff for me in the in the remake that seemed like we don't need to be watching this like as much as parts of it were cool like when he see when he goes to the, the baba yaga for example right right you could get rid of that entire sequence and it wouldn't change the movie at all yeah yeah i mean there are definitely there's a scene where you I where he ends up in that cave and Merlin is there. You get rid of that entire sequence. It doesn't change anything at all. Do you think that that's part of the world building? Or do you think that that was like, cause all, all the, both of the scenes had like lore of Hellboy or they had like puzzles to his piece. Right. I think cause that's... the entire time, like, like, I mean, Hellboy, he it, like, like Hellboy in that movie, I feel is like the angsty sixteen-year-old, right? Yeah. Oh, I actually do have a. Uh, can I play a clip real quick? Because I have a scene that kind of encapsulates. He's playing way too young for David Harbor in this, and I have a scene that sort of encapsulates <laughs> that. It's when he sees okay. his dad for the first time. Hang on a second. That's my boy. Dad! Like him saying dad like that is definitely. <laughs> seems like they're playing pretty young. I mean, well, that's how Hellboy should be, right? Cause... I like to. I don't know, but like, so in the in the first one or whatever, right? They at least explained that, like, so like Hellboy, they said reverse dog years, but he's still at least been around for like 80 years. In 2019, he would have been around for like 80 years. In 2004, he would have been around for like 55 or 60. Right, it's but just, it's not the same Hellboy. Yeah, I get that, but his origin story is exactly the same. It's well, not ex it's different Nazis, but it's Nazis resurrecting him on this <laughs> island in 1947 <laughs> or whatever, right. 1943. Like, it's actually, I thought that was another thing that worked really well about the first one that was kind of weird in the remake is that in the first one, it starts with a flashback, and it starts on that island where they're trying to bring Hellboy out and the Hellboy's father uh guy who becomes his father is there and like those army dudes are there. John Hurt. John Hurt, yeah, sorry. And they resurrect him, they get into a firefight with the Nazis. You see that guy with this like all full of sand and bleed sand when he gets shot 
and you see Rasputin, yeah. and you see the blonde gal. And those are the three main antagonists throughout the movie, and so you see them right there. It's good. And they continue to fuck with them through the rest of the movie. The remake right. of Hellboy, they have that flashback. It starts with the flashback to King Arthur. All that is, I guess if you haven't read the comics, maybe you don't know either, but is there a bunch of like Arthurian legend tied into Hellboy, or is that something they just did for the movie? Because that part seemed, that whole thread seemed wacky to me. <laughs> um, I've never read the comic books, but I'm not sure. But it is Morgan Le Fay, right? Like, Mila Jovovich is... is... Is, is she supposed to be Morgan Le Fay? I know, they kept on saying some weird, like, elven name for her. Uh, Isn't it? It's, it's Morgana, right? Or it, It's either Morgana some, or Morgan. They definitely weren't saying either of those names. They were saying something that sounded like Tolkien elvish. Like, she made me kept on thinking of an evil version of Liv Tyler in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, I... It's like Maru or something. It's all Nim, it's all vowels. On. Nimwe. Nimwe. That's what it is, right? Uh something like that. Yeah. Maybe it's Mimwe, maybe it's Nimwe. Another problem was that it's, they're constantly saying weird high fantasy names throughout the entire It, movie. it it's Nimu the Blood Witch. Okay. I think it's maybe it's written Nim Nimu, but it was they were pronouncing it Nimwe. Nimu? Yeah. Yeah, Nimwe. Yeah, Nimwe yeah, then. I mean, so there's yeah. that name, which is hard to remember but they also just drop a bunch of like random fantasy names throughout the entire movie and i couldn't tell like are these important or not because sometimes they will mention a thing and just not bring it up again um i, I mean that is for that, that's part of the lore building i'm assuming right yeah so that's sort of what i was getting at when i was saying i think it bogged things down a little bit trying to do that you know it's uh, for me it was even worse than what they how they kind of like got derailed a bit in the mummy it seemed like they really had a bunch of stuff in this movie that was just for world building or planting for later or something and it really deterred from the movie for me like this movie this movie's runtime was two hours and one minute and it the move the runtime for the 2004 one is two hours and 12 minutes and the remake felt so much longer to me and it was, I don't know, it, was, it seemed like it wasn't super focused. It was kind of all over the place. There's a lot of stuff that happened, but not a lot of it was super important. Uh, see, I, I enjoyed the remake so much, I let all, I was there for all of that. Like, uh, the Baba Yaga, Merlin, finding out he was like a descendant of Arthur, like, I'm there for all of that shit. I enjoyed this hellboy for so many reasons um i really liked all the visuals the visuals were awesome and the sequence the like the demons popping out at the end where they just go and do oh my god so, to random londoners that was fun to watch so yeah people were saying i mean you know sorry london but you got held um they had it coming honestly <laughs> there's something about that world of Hellboy, I'm just invested in whenever I get a chance. Like, if it's directly in front of me, I'm going to watch it. I think that it was a good move. As much as I love Guillermo del Toro's original two movies, I think they were fantastic. Ron Perlman said as much that there needs to be a third one because it's non-negotiable. Hellboy brings about, like, what? he gets his horns, he discovers his true name, he brings about the end of the world. Like, he has said in multiple interviews, that is non-negotiable. And he talked about how 
uh, it would be a challenge or how do you exactly make this a movie? And he did multiple interviews throughout the years over Hellboy. So, well, I also when I, saw I heard a clip with him where he was saying he's basically he wasn't in Hellboy three or I don't know if this originally started as Hellboy three and then they decided to do a reboot. But Ron Perlman wasn't in, I think, this movie because Guillermo del Toro wasn't directing. That's what Ron Perlman said. That probably makes sense. That probably makes sense. Um, I I don't know the ins and outs of what happened with the studio and stuff. I feel like Hell so Hellboy three the script was in development hell for a long time. That and make, that makes I sense. almost feel got turned. Maybe this is like maybe this is what came out of that or something after lots of rewrites and stuff. I don't, well, I'm not sure. I, but. I feel like Guillermo del Toro suddenly got busy. Cause also at the same time, Ron Perlman got busy too with sons of anarchy. So I feel like in the middle of Guillermo del Toro making all of these now mainstream films, uh, and then Perlman having a night, like a weekly show on FX that lasted, you know, eight years or whatever. And the rest of the cast all being put in their own cosmic winds of Hollywood, whether it be on the stage or in other movies or in voiceover work. Uh, The script for Hellboy 3 was just in development hell for years. They couldn't find the studio. None of them had the right scheduling. Um, There was also a studio thing where they just didn't, they just weren't going to let Guillermo del Toro make another Hellboy after Golden Army. Right. And that's why. Not so hot. That's kind of why he did like Shape of Water, I feel like. And even that came under scrutiny of plagiarism. There, As it was being nominated for the award like that night, it was also being put through a lawsuit over plagiarism. Yeah, I mean, that was... So, I don't know if Guillermo del Toro made Shape of Water because uh, because he wasn't doing Hellboy 3. I think he likes just making making monster flicks you know that's his main but i wouldn't even call them monster flicks it's a movie about a woman falling in love with a with basically the creature from the black lagoon yeah but i i'd say them more as like dark fantasy movies he he likes well he likes doing some good with the exception of the devil's backbone even but even that though has some some fun zombies and stuff but most of his most of his movies involve at least some amount of like crazy prosthetics or him designing cool creatures, you know. A uh, pan's labyrinth. Yeah, I mean, I think he probably had something to do with the dogs in this one, or the look of Hellboy and Abe. You know, I can't imagine that he didn't. It seems like his whole bag just likes making creatures. <laughs> something. Yeah. <laughs> um. I so I like Hellboy came out or whatever 2019 I saw it and I was there for every part of it simply because it was Hellboy but also because I feel like it was the right movie for the time I I feel like it it's as an as a modern audience and I say modern in the spectrum of 2019 right because every couple of years the like a movie audience changes you couldn't get away with making an original charming movie like Hellboy now I feel like audiences don't have the humor for that. We're into origin stories like Cruella. Um, there's that play on Broadway that came out a couple of years ago, Vizier uh, or whatever, or Vizar, which was like Jafar's perspective of Aladdin. Uh, um, well, that's the whole, like, there's this whole I, Disney I, I, trend of, like, giving all of their villains compelling backstories well, for unnecessary. But I feel like... But I feel like this goes further, because right now isn't really a time for 
charming and wit as far as like, okay, this movie either has to be serious or it has to be charming and witty and there is no middle ground. So which one is the remake though? Because it lost money, right? It was like, it lost like I mean, I, I, so, or something. So again, uh, people said it was too violent and they said that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't what they wanted. It didn't have Ron Perlman. It didn't have any of the charm of the original Hellboy. It was all just violence. It was all like blood. It was this dirty version of Hellboy that the fans didn't want. But I feel like if you're trying to appeal to a broader audience, there's a reason why Golden Army didn't make a sequel, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, like, also, there's a reason I mean, why they never made that third one. This movie didn't make a sequel either. They canceled the sequel after this movie. So. Well, no, but I'm saying, so I think that the studio was trying to go for like, okay, well, we're going to do Hellboy. We're, we learned from our quote unquote mistakes of Golden Army. So let's try to go the opposite direction, right? Oh, uh, maybe. I mean, you know, 13 years later or whatever, I guess I don't know exactly when golden army came out but i can't imagine they're even doing the same calculus at that point i think i think they're just like i think they're just looking at like it's been a while since we made hellboy we got this muscly dude here that is about the right body shape let's throw him in some red prosthetics and see what happens what do you think so let's compare like you do you you don't like david harbour's hellboy no i did not i did not enjoy it Uh, i told you this via text but i thought I thought the Hellboy prosthetics were off-putting in this one, and I think I said he looked like if Red Skull fucked the Crypt Keeper. I stand by that assessment. I, I still don't need that image in my His cheeks head. are too gaunt. When I went back, like, so I watched that one first. I went back and watched the, the other one. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank, he has, like, a normal-shaped <laughs> face. He doesn't look like a weird alcoholic hobo with stringy hair. <laughs> And I think they made his cheeks gaunt so that it would be even more jarring when he picks up that sword and grows his horns and he gets all yoked out, but it just made the rest of the movie uncomfortable for me to watch. There's always something See, a little I, weird about him. Is like his weird wet his constantly wet stringy hair. Also he's not bald, I don't, which is like a small gripe. I don't mind the way that I don't I don't mind that look. I thought this yeah. Hellboy was cool. Like I saw it and I'm like, hell yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Again, I I realized yeah, as for soon me, as like for me, it was just in... like a slightly worse version of the Ron Perlman one. Like as soon as you got into this hell, I had to leave my Ron Perlman adoration at the door because I'm like, I like David Harbor. It's David Harbor's time to do this. I know that it's rated R. I know that it's not the original writing. I know it's not the original director. So I have, I'm like, but it's still Hellboy. So there are some things I have to see, or there's some world parts that i have to accept right for it to be hellboy so i'm like i all right this is a reboot i have to leave my expectations for hellboy one and two at the door and i walked in with like a fresh start on hellboy and i was really pleasantly surprised i thought david harbour not iconic as hellboy like ron perlman but (laughs) i thought it was good I, i thought it was a good representation I went in with pretty much no expectations because it had been several years since I had seen the original Hellboy. Like, I had watched it multiple times, but I hadn't seen it in several years. So I, I watched the re- reboot first. I just didn't have a good time during that first one. Some of the stuff I was I was pretty stoked about. Like, they had me at first, and I just started, like, losing steam on it eventually. Towards the so, end, well, when, okay. the, when they started oh. having, like, 
It's like the scene where he's riding that demon dragon around hell when he sees like the flash of what things could be like for him. Hell yeah. That was pretty awesome. The uh the weird gratuitous violence when he does summon hell forth for like ten minutes. That's okay. Oh. Yeah. You know what? Okay, one thing I was not a huge fan of. That fucking pig monster. He looked like all I could think about <laughs> was fucking was if Bebop from the Ninja Turtles was played yeah, by Vinny Jones. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I was in for that, man. It just seems so goofy to me, and I couldn't. I kept on getting this weird Uncanny Valley area where it seems like he was half CGI and half puppet, but like neither of them worked quite right. <laughs> I don't. I really dug the. Uh... Oh man, what was his name? What they call him? I, he was the changeling. I don't remember his name, but yeah, no, like I, I didn't mind that. I think he's also like that's taken from the comic books too. Can I can I play another clip real quick? I got one for him. Yeah, sure. Let me go! Let me go! This is child abuse. I'm a little baby, you big fuck. That's the whole thing. That part made me laugh for sure, but uh, but it's like I got I got kind of tired of his weird slapsticky shit after a while. I don't know, I don't know something. I there wasn't enough like character in the like the characters that have enough character to keep me engaged the entire time. They're like going back to the first one, all of the characters in the what is it, the Bureau of Paranormal something something BP something something. Uh, yes. All of those characters have really fun interplay together. Like, they all... So there's, like, Hellboy. Oh, another thing that's nice in the first one is that everyone just calls Hellboy Red. It's, it makes You can tell they've all been hanging out for a while. It's the, the remi- Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. Yeah, okay. So all the, all the Bureau folks, they all kind of are tight and know each other in that first one. And they have a little bit of a rapport going. Jeffrey Tambor plays, like, that sort of the like the head guy who's a little bit tired of hellboy's bullshit but they eventually grow a little closer there's a really charming scene near the end where hellboy had saved jeffrey tambor's life like five minutes previous and then jeffrey tambor saves his life five minutes previous Je- and then hellboy comes right. out of his pit and he's lighting a cigar with a lighter and jeffrey tambor's like no 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 oh yeah lighter and he's like you gotta use a wood match he goes thank you and the other guy goes yeah thank you and it's these two like contentious people finally have a moment of understanding there was nothing really close to that in the remake and i kind of need a little bit of like character engagement to for a movie that's that long it's helpful if i care about the people that are in it and i really didn't care about anyone like i liked some of the characters in the remake but i didn't really care what happened and it didn't seem like any of them had any sort of like character traits really to speak of i mean i will say that if we're talking emotional connection there was the entire romance in the first one there's the connection of friendship between abe and hellboy there's the connection with john hurt yeah and the new yeah like they're all there yeah that was i think the biggest the biggest difference to me and the the biggest part where the the older one shines and this one kind of let me down is that those those sort of the interplay of the characters in each one like the the inter interpersonal dynamics that are there and the growth that happens throughout the movies or throughout the you know the story that's being told i felt like there's nothing really like that for any of the characters in hellboy 2k19 
that's weird to hear that said, but I guess that's accurate. Um, I disagree. I mean, well, okay, I can't. I don't disagree because you're correct. The the relationships. <laughs> well, no, the relationships in Hellboy 04 were much more pronounced and existed, whereas in 2019, uh, it wasn't about that. It, it didn't have in it didn't have that time to grow. But like, it's also a different Hellboy, right? Like he's more moody. He's more isolated. He is like that angsty sixteen-year-old teenager who's just like, I hate the fucking world. Like if that guy's a person, he's wearing a leather jacket. He's got a misfits patch on the back of it. He's got a suicidal tendencies patch on the side, and he's like throwing broken bottles at walls. But- but the the right. the, the twenty two thousand four Hellboy literally wears a leather jacket, and he does some of that same stuff. Like there's a scene where I can't he pouts the he, like he pouts, but he's not angsty. No, he's he, not like he mad does, at the world. He does some of that too, though. I mean, maybe not mad at the world. That is true. David Harbor has more like he is more conflicted about. They play up that end of the world thing a lot more um, because right. that's like the main. Th- so like I guess there is a little bit of like pathos happening with him thinking about like where he came from and what his role is that that is true that is true because it's also like i mean they they do this a little bit in golden army when hellboy first kills that elemental that like nature elemental and the elf prince is like oh see you kill the very thing that you are and what do you think they'll do to you when they don't need you anymore right there's like that moment but it doesn't really resonate with Hellboy too much. Well, in this Hellboy, he's literally like, "Oh, am I just another fucking monster?" Like he literally storms out of the room because he's having this thing of like, "You people, the things that we're tracking down, that we're killing, that we're fighting, that we're containing, you all realize I'm one of them." They, I mean, they do touch on that a little bit in the first one too. There's a few points where, so there's one where Jeffrey Tambor is talking to Hellboy, and he's like, "You know what?" This entire like this entire mission of this organization is kind of a joke because once you're done killing them all, there's still one left, and it's you. And there's also a part during the climax where Rasputin is like bringing forth that Eldritch God, and he's telling Hellboy he's gonna make a world where him and Alice, I think that was her name, the the gal, yeah, where where you two can like fit in and not be freaks or whatever. And they they are called freaks a lot throughout it, but Ron Perlman is sort of like, this is my crew. He's not super angsty about it. Maybe, uh, right? Know, they made they definitely made the new Hellboy character. He's like he's way more isolated, and I think that makes the movie worse. It's like even when See, he I finally don't know. starts I hanging out with that. people, even when he finally starts hanging out with people, though, it's like they just seem like they're kind of there doing their own thing in the vicinity of Hellboy. You know. See, I'm going at this from the standpoint of we're going to make more of these. And I feel like if Hellboy had done better, we would have seen a a more... more... Hellboy 2 is where the relationships form. Hellboy 2 is where the relationships take place. It's where... Because at the end of Hellboy, they find Abe, right? Yeah, I know. And like, so I didn't know they weren't going to make a second one until after I finished this one. But by the time I got to the point where you see the Ecto Sapien tube, I was just like, it was like, fucking whatever. I don't care anymore. This is... And then I (laughs) I turned on the... And then I went from that to watching the next one. I was like, oh, Abe's right here. And he's lovely the entire time. You see him like 20 minutes in. It's fantastic. There's no, there's no like good Abe equivalent in... (laughs) In the 2019 one. 
No, there's not. Which, again, like, he's relatable to Hellboy because he is also, for lack of a better term, a freak, right? Like, he's a monster. He's an oddity. He's a curiosity. And I think that it's that connection that helps. Like, imagine Hellboy in 1962 before they discover any of that shit, right? Like, he's been on Earth for 20 years. He's still a kid. I'm sure everyone who fucking sees him outside of his father hates him or is terrified of him. And he just had a really well-adjusted... And, like, no offense to Ian McShane, because I love Ian McShane, but if I had to have a father figure, I'd kind of prefer John Hurt over Ian McShane, right? John Hurt was you Yeah. You can can definitely see, if we're going to, like, psychoanalyze this, like, John Hurt definitely created a way more well-adjusted Hellboy than Ian McShane. (laughs) Right. And, again, like... I know why they picked Ian McShane. Like, I love Ian McShane. I thought it was great. Once he popped up, I was like, oh, hey, it's the guy from John Wick. Cool. Uh, (laughs) I was thinking, hey, it's it's Mr. Wednesday from uh, American Gods, but, you know. Sure, that too. I mean, what, there was, that, like, that, there was a bunch of points where they revealed actors. Like, I saw, you know, Mia Jovovich is one of the first person you see. And I was like, oh, cool, she's in this? And then I was like, I, you know, I'm a... Kind of. She's in it as much as Scarlett Johansson is in the Jungle Book. Yeah, well, you know, her head's her head is in it. Uh, or, or or Channing Tatum is in fucking the second uh, Kingsman movie. See, but that's another thing, too, right? Like, she's the big bad of the movie, and she's not even in it that much. Like, half of the movie is spent just doing other shit. It's the threat of her you know yeah but they don't even realize that the threat is her until like almost an hour into the movie i can't i looked at the timestamp. it's like 40 minutes in before hellboy meets that meets bebop trying to get that last box (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah um i don't see i didn't mind that Again, I enjoyed what I was watching. I enjoyed, like, the travel. I Because I, maybe it's me thinking back to when I was, like, 15 and I hated the world and I was, like, trying to find my place in it. But there was a part of me where I'm like, I totally understand that. Like, anger. What am I? So I love Johnny Rot, a.k.a. John Lydon of the Sex Pistols and Pill. And he has a quote, and it's, anger is an energy, right? Like, you can be angry, but if you direct that anger into a project, that project's going to kick ass. Like, you can make awesome music, or you can have a great streak of painting, or you can write a shit ton. Like, anger can be used as a positive energy, a force for good. And seeing Hellboy, I'm like, I get it. Like, he's confused about his place in the world. He's, like, killing things that he relates to more than humans, because they don't relate to him. Like, I understand why he's angry, like, why he's pissed off. He doesn't really have any kind of connection yet, which is what Abe would have brought to the table. Because Abe's also, even in the old ones, Abe's reasonable. Whereas Hellboy's a little more hot-headed, a little more gut, like, a little more trigger-happy. Abe is the balance to that, right? Yeah, I mean, and you also have way more people, like, in the original one, right? It's kind of, there's a lot of people that I'm forgetting his name again, but the agent who was there like new or whatever, like he meets a lot of people in there and they're all generally friendly. Even the one FB, even the one agent who is like sort of Hellboy's handler, they keep on making jokes about how he had just gotten hair plugs and he's like, keeps on touching them to be like, right. oh, they'll grow back in fine. It'll look fine. Like all that, <laughs> there was sort of nothing like that. And 
and I I get it. It's like it's a different take on the character. I don't, and maybe I think maybe that would have worked better for me if the movie was a little more focused too. But it was kind of it. It seemed basically it was like angsty David Harbor getting driven from place to place to place where he goes and like rips something's head off, which is not terrible, but not terrible, not terrible. Yeah, I don't. I didn't say the movie was terrible. I just said it wasn't like my favorite thing, you know. So see, I'm there for that. Like, okay, so Hellboy getting dragged place to place. He meets the what? Are, they're not the Inquisition, are they Templar? Who are you talking about? The fucking guys who were the Osiris they're Club. Supposed to go help talking about? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't remember oh, what their that whole thing. That whole was. thing too was so convoluted and weird. That part did not make any sense. Like. So they're gonna they're gonna go hunt some giants, right? And it's three giants they're gonna hunt, and they say, "Hellboy, we yeah. need your help to hunt giants. We could take one. We could even take two, but three is a whole nother matter." And they drive them out right. there, and you see the giant prince, and it's like, so these giants are definitely real. There's corpses strewn across the countryside, and they're going out there to hunt. Them. <laughs> and then they're yeah. on this bridge, and they just start stabbing Hellboy in the back, right? And then they're like, "Did you really think we needed your help?" It was so fucking... And then the giants are actually there. It was such a weird... I couldn't... Like, if these See, guys, I these dug guys that. Are, these guys are apparently smart enough to kill these giants, but they couldn't come up with a better plan that involved... Like, why are you going to... You want to execute this guy. This, like, this big, beefy demon dude who is, like, supernatural. And you're going to take him to a place where there's also three giants that want to murder you. Like, just lie about the giants. Stage a crime scene. Don't go to where there's real giants. <sighs> I mean, I absolutely thought that too for a second. Um, the, and giant, I'm like, the giant fight scene was amazing. That part was great. The, gi- I think, the, I, the giant I think, fight scene was fucking amazing. I think that should have happened closer to the end, though, because that was like one of the coolest things in the entire movie. And he never fights like, anything that get, big for the rest of the movie. And I, I so like, because I'm like, oh shit, they're going to try to kill him. And at that point, I'm like, all right, well. And in my head, I was like, I know he's going to get out of this because they're not going to kill him. It was such a which weird, I hate unnecessary they... face turn. Like, that part could have gotten deleted from the movie, too, and it wouldn't have made a difference. Like, I, I, I do hate whenever they have a movie where it's like the main characters gets double-crossed like that or something. It's like the James Bond effect. You think, know he's not going to die. I think it's fine if it's a James Bond movie. This one was just so out of left field, and it's like, now suddenly we're, we before we were polite in English, but now we're evil in English. <laughs> so no mr boy i expect you yeah, to die that's basically uh, what uh, that guy with the fancy headdress said <laughs> so like i like that they knock him out and i love that hellboy wakes up to a fucking giant like eating I mean, a dude well yeah that, that was cool too it was like as he's passing out you see that hammer swinging in out of right frame and just a guy clear across like that whole sequence was fantastic that was great that was early on in the movie i was having a good time when that happened i just sort of you know it's like did I, I, I think it didn't have enough so steam as, to carry me through the entire thing with the same enthusiasm there were there were cool little sequences like a, that but they this one wasn't like a steampunk movie Okay, are you doing a bit right now? Right, I, I mean, there was there, you know, there was a little bit of wordplay. Yeah, fine. This didn't. Uh, have, well, I, I don't know the energy well, to. I mean, let's through. be. Well, let's be honest. Hellboy one and two, I can comfortably call steampunk films. Uh, right. I don't know. They definitely had a lot of like. They there, they had elements of neo-Victorianism. Maybe if that's what you're using, there's not a lot of there is like. 
there's a part the the sort of dungeon tomb thing they go into the end is very clockworky, but other than that, there's not a ton. I mean, I guess the the bureau's like HQ has all of the brass fittings like, and stuff in the old books. So in that look, sense, man, there aren't many steampunk movies. Maybe, Just give me this one, okay? <laughs> I, I don't think I can though. Maybe if Abe piloted some weird Nautilus-shaped submarine or something, but I don't know. <laughs> Instead of cruising around in a garbage truck. Yeah, the steampunk garbage truck. That was fun with the with the <laughs> with the one-way windows where they can look out into the weird crowd. That's a really fun scene in the first one when they're announcing it, and they're like, "There's this woman on the news who's like, SWAT teams are here, police are here, helicopters are overhead, and here comes a garbage truck." <laughs> yeah, but oh, that intro I too don't... was like so so fucking. The first time you see Hellboy about to get into a fight with something, and they play, okay, I have another little clip here, but they play this, yeah. this Nick Cave and the Bad Seed song. Oh, is it Red Right Hand? Yeah. It's amazing to me that they didn't write that song for the movie. It's so appropriate. <laughs> It's. I mean, I love Red Right Hand anyway. I like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I think Red Right Hand is a fucking cool song. It's in Peaky Blinders. It's in Hellboy. I love it every time I hear it. And when I first heard it in Hellboy, I'm like, that is the most apt use of that song outside of that song's actual meaning. It's, like, like, it's so Nick, cool that they... I, yeah. he, he wrote it. He, like, he couldn't have written about him because of timing or whatever, but man, it definitely sounds like he was looking at a Mike Magnola comic and like, you know, I'm going to write a movie. I'm going to write a song about this guy. <laughs> I'm going to write a song all about him. Yeah. His fun jacket yeah, Red, and his big old hand. Red right hand. Oh, man, it's such a good song. I knew as soon as, like, Nick Cave, I'm like, oh, he's going to fucking, yeah. Um, see, I appreciate all of the things about the old Hellboy. And I appreciate the lack of those things because in my head, I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool for Hellboy too. Like he's going to be all like more adjusted because now he understands his place in the world. He had closure with his father because like there was that entire ending scene. He rejected evil the first time. Now he's got like Abe. He like learns how to trust people and shit. Like the end of that movie, Hellboy has all of these he's grown in his head like he's he's maybe i mean they, they set a, him like up adapted. for the potential of that but he do, he doesn't yeah. demonstrate anything to show that he's actually grown no but but it's the potential of all of this right like it, it's the closure with his father it's him making the choice to reject evil on his own through like the humanity inside of him and like through his own ability of choice, he no longer has to sit on the fence between two worlds because he can operate in both. Like I was, oh, I was like, Oh man, the sequel is going to be awesome. Can't wait. And then everyone was like, fucking Hellboy sucks. Hellboy's bad. Blah, blah. And I was like, no, 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 please don't say that. Cause then it's not going to, we, we need to see two and three. And then like, at this point, I'm never going to fucking see a third Hellboy movie. It's just not going to, it's not in my cards. That might be true. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Like I, can we get one? Okay. Let, uh, Disney take it over, make three movies. Cause I want to see Hellboy get his horns and I want the end of the earth to like Ron Perlman's correct. This is non-negotiable and it has to happen. Like, well, and Ron Perlman's not, apparently he's not coming back unless they get Guillermo back too. So that's the deal, fine guys. get everybody like fine get them all back like just i want be... a third hellboy movie 
We'll be uh, linking our change.org petition in the show notes for this episode. <laughs> it's true. Um, if we get it, if we get ten thousand oh, signatures, the White House has to acknowledge it. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. <laughs> I I think so too. Um, it's in the Constitution. Man. <laughs> what what's the uh, the eleventh eleventh uh, on the uh, Bill of Rights? Yeah, the change.org. Yeah, amendment. All change. Uh, yeah, ye shall adhere to the change.org petition laws. Um. Overall, did you think? So, so step aside from your normal like Tarantino esque Japanese esque lone wolf and cub set already. Where are you going with this? violence oh the violence eh, did you know. think that the violence was unfounded for because i know that you and i both like tarantino i know you yeah. and i both like I mean, shogun uh, like shogun was... assassin and lone like all the lone wolf and cub stuff like yeah. there was a lot of like this was more you know, like this was more like viscera than a quentin tarantino like homage to hyper violent samurai movies it was like limbs getting ripped off and stuff and people getting dismembered or whatever it was like a meat grinder right. i thought it was, I, mean, I thought it was fine you don't mind don't, meat grinder stuff. no it didn't bother me i thought it was okay it seemed uh it seemed gratuitous to me at times like not in a like oh this is too much and like uh it seemed like there were scenes where it seemed like they just didn't know what to do. So they would show someone ripping arms off of someone off screen and then just piling up body parts for, which is fine. I guess. I don't know. Maybe if I was, a, maybe if I was having more fun in the movie, I would have come along for that stuff too. But it's like the R rating. I, so you could tell right away. They're like, they really, they really want you to know this movie's rated R. Cause like the first, <laughs> the first thing the flashback guy says, he's like way fucking long ago or something. It's something like that. It's like, fuck is the first or right. second word that he says for no Isn't that reason. Ian McShane? Is that the guy doing the, the flashback voice it, too? I don't know. It, no, I'm asking, isn't that Ian McShane who does the flashback? Oh, I don't know. I mean, in the, in, I think in 2004, John Hurt is doing the flashback, but like, he was there for the flashback he was talking about. So that makes more sense. I don't know who did. I don't know who does the right. flashback for me. It could have been, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, but I have no idea. He's also like me. the records keeper, keeper, right? Like he is keeper of the lore and knowledge. Uh, I'm not, that might be like a bureau wide thing or something. I'm not quite sure. I didn't. They didn't really talk. See, about I feel the like bureau, the bureaucracy even, of the bureau in any movie like, I watched. The the bureau is obviously established by the time like Hellboy twenty nineteen happens. Like yeah. he's been around since the forties. Well, the bureau is already. That was another weird thing too. Stone, it seemed like kind of but, a rinky dink operation, and then also like it was. Hellboy was in the bureau. Was Hellboy not in the bureau when the movie started, and then he gets brought in? Is that what happened? No, I mean he's in the bureau, right? Because like he's already developed. Like he has the gun already. Um, he has like the technology. His dad is still is Ian McShane, who's the creator. Like he is the director of the bureau. Yeah, it just seemed like. Whenever but they brought him seem... to a bureau location, no one knew who the fuck he was. It was kind of weird. I mean, maybe this is like 
the bureau is more secretive at this point. The London office doesn't get a lot of faxes from the states or something. Who knows? Right, because again, like to watch like you know Golden Army and the first Hellboy, everyone's connected and everyone knows everything. But also in my mind, and I think about this too. I'm like, man. How hard is it to keep everyone us? Like you're telling me that one of these guys who works in London or India or like anywhere else in the world, they all know this and they don't tell a secret. Like, do you know how hard it is for government employees to like all get on the same page? Like shit yeah, gets I mean, leaked all the time. That's so, one of the of biggest course, like, like suspension of disbelief things in this. I mean, even in the, 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 the right. 2004 so, one, Hellboy is like, doing big fights with that demon dog in a subway. There's a part where you rescue some cats in front of a crowd and hands right. it back to that gal. And I'm sure plenty of people see 2019 Hellboy murdering all kinds of people. And I mean, there's also like, there's those scenes where me, Mila jo- Jovovich is just like walking down the street, shooting plague stuff out of her hands as the news announcer is like, no one knows where this is coming from. So, uh, so maybe in this, the idea was, uh, see, I'm trying to like break down the writer's thought process. Um, and I feel like the writer's thought process was, well, what if the bureaus weren't as connected or what if it was like each bureau had its own like need to know secrets and Hellboy was just one of like those need to know secrets or like you have to have access to Hellboy to like, like you have to have top clearance to know about Hellboy or, you know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It was, I liked it. Sort of, it seemed, like again, the, not everyone can know the bureau exists. Yeah, but I did like how in the first one it was closer to like the Men in Black, right? You get introduced to the bureau through the eyes of the new agent going in there. Like he walks right. into that big room and he's like, oh, "I'm here to go to the bureau," and the guy's like, "Hands at your side," and he's like, "No, no, I'm here for the." He's like, "I know what you're here for," and then the the logo he's standing on just starts turning into an elevator and moves him down. Right. Like that kind. Of, that's I guess they they did a, they had that weird. They go to the fish and chip shop and the old woman asks for ID. Right. That's actually kind of Men in Black like too. They had the same <laughs> sort of weird, unassuming guy watching the door. So maybe it is like no one can know. So maybe when people see Hellboy and they're like, "Who the fuck?" They're like, "But also, maybe Hellboy <laughs> never had to go to London." Hellboy, like, yeah, Hellboy didn't seem to know either, though, right? Because the uh, that other agent, the Werecat agent, has to show him where the place is and like introduce him to people there and stuff. And then and again, Ian McShane maybe is just already like, there in the basement. Right. So again, like Ian McShane is the director. The you know Werecat spoiler, which was I thought was kind of cool. Oh, it was okay. I mean, I don't know. I there knew was... he was something when he told the story the first time. I was when he's like, like, there was something that was going to wipe out my team, yeah. and I'm like, you're a monster, aren't you? <laughs> like, I, I was mean, like, mm, I like a good Werecat. I've heard this story one before. My, one of my favorite goofy enemies in Dragon Quest are those Were the Werecats. So, <laughs> I mean, I know David Bowie dug them. Um. So also, yeah, like Hellboy, in this movie. not everyone David has would have loved it. <laughs> or, I mean, uh, yeah, the, I, the right era of David Bowie would have would have dug it. I, I I like any version of David Bowie. Um. So there were just maybe some problems with in like in terms of do people know about Hellboy? How big is the bureau? How much money do they have? How secretive are they? Uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff like. 
I think they were trying to set up just a bigger universe around the Bureau, and I think there's some right. there's some evidence for that in a few places. Part of it is having the Bureau logo and the O and the Hellboy logo, which is like, that is a thing they did only for this new one. It's not in the older movies. Right. So, I don't ma- know. I'm fine, because, uh, again, I'm fine with all of this. It was the, uh, the concept, and see, this is a problem with writing, too, though. The concept and the mummy suffered it as well. When you write a movie with the idea that you're going to make a sequel, you start trying to compensate for the sequel and you leave stuff out. And if you're yeah. not sure how that movie's going to do, then those things fall flat. Well, that's... like Disney can do that with Marvel because Disney know they have money to burn, right? And, and they but didn't. Not every studio has that. Yeah, and and we've talked about this before, but Disney didn't start with their first movie doing a bunch of world building that isn't going to pay off for another twenty movies. They right. They make movies about a single character or a few characters around that single character. They're kind of grounded in there, and there's little breadcrumbs that get thrown in. But this this one sort of went the opposite direction. It's like this is going to be a real paint metaphor here, but it's like a it's like Hellboy's walking through a cake shop full of universe building stuff not not so much bread right. and it's it's a little distracting like, if you have to walk through all this stuff before you get to the part where it's like relevant to the movie see i was excited though i'm like oh hellboy 2 is gonna be awesome so for me all that world building and lore building i'm like this is gonna be such a payoff in the second one but i can understand why that's also because as a writer i get it it's a problem you don't overshoot your audience like you don't overwrite for something that might not happen you try to work as well as you can in the first one and then it's your job as a writer if a second one happens to make certain callbacks to the first one that make it look like it was there on purpose i wouldn't be surprised if if this is a thing we keep on identifying where it's they where it's you know like script writers or whatever really getting out in front of their skis in terms of trying to like lay out all this universe stuff and neglecting the story because of it Oh, I'm, it's almost like a trend now. And sometimes, like, again, I'm, it's... I'm definitely... I loved Hellboy. I didn't like Mortal Kombat. I, like, it worked for Hellboy. It didn't work for Mortal Kombat for me. I liked Hellboy, period, though. Even, the, like, 2019, I like it. I oh. enjoyed it. I enjoyed every part of it. Yeah. I'd watched again and again and again. I like Hellboy. For, but, for me in Mortal Kombat, the, the stuff they dropped about the universe was fine because it was quick and they didn't dwell on it. This, this one feel, felt closer to The Mummy, but, like, more but like just more when you talk well, about the mummy the felt confused yeah like I think, the mummy felt like like i mean I hellboy got similar... to me never like hellboy to me stayed on track whereas uh, the mummy kept trying to veer off i don't i think maybe it stayed on i don't know i think if it was on track the tracks were really windy and very they they took a too scenic of a route to get to the end of them for me anyway hey man I, and also I can, no one like, talks to each other during the train ride it's kind of kind of uncomfortable <laughs> and weird i mean you try talking to your teenage kid they're gonna wear their headphones the whole time and stare at their phone they're not gonna interact with you i mean he was around like a young he was around i guess someone like mentally similar to his age most of the time and they don't really have a lot of good conversations either <laughs> okay boomer what? Is no, that, you were just saying he's supposed to be teenage. <laughs> I'm saying that 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 galley, Liz, was that her name? The galley was around most of the time. Was younger too. They don't really talk about anything. Uh, are you talking about 2019 or 2004? 2019. The uh, 
I don't remember the girl he was around in 2019. The girl that's like punching the ghosts out of people. Oh shit! Yeah, her. See how memorable these characters okay. are. You love this movie and you don't even remember one of the like, the person no, with the second it, most it, screen time. It, it, it's it's been a long time. I saw it when it came out, so it's been two years. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't rewatched it. Oh, all right. So I'm going purely off of memory. Um, this explains why your yeah, I was are so wrong. I got it. It's okay. <laughs> Don't you fucking asshole. Says the guy who likes fucking a goofy video game. Um, no, I, I don't know. I was there for it. I, I did think that the, uh, oh man, the psychic ability thing. I thought that was looked a little goofy. Uh, How actually, she was like basically spitting out half of a fucking the in, like the intest- I wrote down the intestine genie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she is the lamp and they are the genie made out of intestines. <laughs> yeah i don't know how i feel about that like visually i'm like i get it but at the same time i'm like it's an interesting like novel concept i guess i don't know it was just one of those yeah i'm like like, what's happening here this is all right i'm like did did it have to go that way like i feel like it could have gone shane genie pop out of that pit and then be like cut that shit out boy (laughs) yeah Um, i mean again like there were a lot of things i liked about hellboy but i have to be an honest writer and again don't write okay this is a tip for all writers uh we're gonna step into griffin's writing corner uh if you're a writer and you want to write a story and you haven't you're in like you have in your mind oh this can have a part two or a part three don't write those in mind Focus on your story, focus on building the characters, focus on building the world, and then when you go to write your second book or your second movie, then incorporate parts of the first to make it look like that first movie is intentionally adding in Easter eggs and foreshadowing for the sequel that you're working on. That's how we do that. Okay? Good. Now get back to writing. Um, yeah, so if they would have made a Hellboy 2... Like, we're, let's hop in the what-if machine. Do you think... What do you think... What could they have done that would have made it better? And what would you have wanted to see? I think... I don't know. I would have just appreciated a more focused story. Maybe. Um, I'm not really sure what I would like to see. I'm not really that familiar with the Hellboy, like, storylines. You know, we both thought we Neither of us have read any of the comics so i don't really know what the source material is like or what he gets into i think maybe having if they at some point they had to have known this was going to be a reboot like maybe going for the full-blown apocalypse in the first movie is not the like that's kind of a big deal right like (laughs) maybe 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 have that one be the third movie like (laughs) like apparently ron perlman wanted and like have him do some regular sort of like ghostbuster shit in the first in the first movie or the second movie you know we could have like these characters getting to know each other in the first one and then like they're a team in the third in the second one and then like in the third one there's some crazy world ending ragnarok shit that's gonna happen but right i'm not really sure where you go from the second one you averted the end of the world i guess then like there's gonna have to be a more intense end of the world that comes yeah i'm not really sure or like maybe someone's gonna maybe someone's gonna blow up the moon or something i don't fucking know <laughs> but that's like another problem with it is the stakes are so high <laughs> that I'm not really sure what you do. How does he not just retire after that? See, and again, like this is, I like that too. Cause I'm like, cool. Now we're just going to deal with little shit 
until the next like world ending event happens. Because any, I, I've, I've accepted this now. Tommy Lee Jones said it best in Men in Black when Will Smith like discharged the uh, the tiny gun, and he's like, "In case you didn't forget, there's an alien death cruiser." And Tommy Lee Jones goes, "There's always an alien death cruiser or a life-ending ray, and the only way these people get on with their little lives is they do not know about it." Yeah, but we're the movie-going audience, so we do know about it. So maybe it's like harder to keep the stakes. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not... Like, I, see, I have no problem with that because, again, you're not follow, you're following the group of people who are dealing with the end of the world shit. Like, look at how many times the world almost ended in the Avengers, or look at how many like, look at how many. Imagine the world of Hannibal, like but Hannibal the, Lecter. But the the Avengers. Do you know what movies, the real like... world would be like if there were that many crazy, complex like... serial killers? Yeah. It... It'd be rough. I totally give you that. But like the Avengers is like not a good example of this, right? Because that's like they didn't start out of the gate with the Avengers movie and like a world threatening calamity. No, but it was always there in the background and we just didn't know about it. It so, wasn't until we get introduced to that shit later that it's like, oh, this is all this has been coming. This is like inevitabilities. Like even they're Marvel are even getting ready to do Rise of the Silver Surfer, which is the start of Galactus. Like yeah. it's always coming, right? So if you're watching someone like I'm not Hellboy, sure. if you're watching like even so like you know? David Harbour when being interviewed about why he thought this movie did so poorly, he said he thought it was because everyone wants these movies to be Marvel movies now. See, I didn't want that for this though. But I mean, you because I feel like I, you just no. You just spent a little no, bit of time I, talking about how these. Could I, I'm have saying that same direction to be fine because Marvel did it a bunch, right? No, I'm saying that if you're following a team who always deal with end of the world events, then every problem you're going to see them get into is an end of the world event. Yeah. So like, like the, the stakes are high, but the stakes are always that high because that's what they deal with, so, right? In in the Avengers movies, this like these people all have their own separate movies that they're doing shit in where the stakes are not that high. The the Avengers assemble when the stakes are that high. I mean, I, I disagree. Be... Like, let's say what happens if Red School got his hands on the fucking Tesseract, right? I like take that's... any of the Avengers out of their movie and what happens? It's not like the world is in a suddenly safer place. Okay, I think this may not be a productive avenue to, to start talking about theoretically what happens if someone isn't there to thwart their bet. I mean, they're always they're always trying to like blow something up. I all I'm trying to say like, is that like if you you averted a world ending catastrophe in this one, I don't. Maybe there's right. a different world ending catastrophe. I don't know. I guess we don't. I don't have to. Honestly, like I said, I wasn't. This movie didn't really do it for me so it's hard of, for me to think about like a scenario where i'd enjoy these characters written by the same people with the same dynamics i i don't know maybe the plot wouldn't matter so much to me what i would like to see would be you know better better characters better character development better like character like interpersonal dynamics between them See, I think that that was, again, I think that was all leading up to Hellboy 2. I think that, that Hellboy 2 was going to be character development, well, and then Hellboy 3 was going to be, I, you know, I mean, a, the end of the kinda, world. Like, it's kind of, I guess, you know, maybe 
it seems like maybe that idea didn't pan out super hot for them then like if no one cares about the characters or their relationships with each other then i don't i don't really i don't know what like what's gonna compel me to go see these characters do more shit if if them like if them if them having a complex or like human relationship is always just around the corner because you can say you think that was set up for the second one but we don't know if it's the same writers right who who knows what they're gonna do theoretically i mean i'm assuming because i'm giving i'm giving the writers a bit of like leeway right like there's this thing in there's this like this sort of maxim when it comes to like software and tech stuff and it's you never buy a product based on uh based on things they're telling you it'll be able to do later so that's sort of where i am with this you know it's like this is this is what they put in front of me and i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't go see a second one i don't think i would watch it on an airplane maybe See, I would absolutely go see a second one. And then based off of that, I would have to determine if the writers were not good enough or if it was... I mean, it all comes down to writing, right? Like, you can get actors. Actors can be good or bad. But you can have great actors. And if they have a bad script, it's going to be a bad movie. Right? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think there's... I know we disagree about this, but I think there's some of that going on here. I like most of the actors in the movie, the ones that I had heard of. Uh, see, I, they, like, I, it all kind of all the, my only all the problems, human acting kind of fell flat to me. My only problems with it were, um, there were a few parts of the world where the writing, where I'm like, don't establish this yet because you don't have time. But I get it. Or, uh, maybe do a little bit less exposition. But as far as like the as far as the way Hellboy was acting, as far as Hellboy's character, I thought that was good because I'm like this is I get it like he's conflicted. He has this dynamic of he hates the world. He wants, to, but he's also saving it, and I totally get that. I can re- like I get it. We have to say you can relate to hating the world but saving it. <laughs> you fool. Your ego knows no limits. <laughs> that is not true uh my ego is very humble i guess your Um, ego knows enough to know that you shouldn't fully say the phrase i relate to that plight i heard you i heard you catch yourself but i knew where you were going i don't know what you're referring to and neither do our listeners um everyone hit the back 30 second buttons on your podcast player (laughs) you will catch it too it's very obvious if you're looking for it i don't know what you're talking about um all right, man. So, uh, Hellboy 2019, you going to reboot it or deboot it? Uh, me and the movie going audience are going to deboot it. Yeah, I guess me and the faithful will have to reboot it. All right. Well, um, there we that's are. where we're at. Uh, so thank you guys for listening once again, for tuning in. We appreciate your support. Um, for reboot deboot uh i'm griffin your co-host and i am alex your other co-host and we'll see you guys next week well we better get going i wonder will we ever see each other again who knows god willing we'll all meet again in space balls too to search for more money